Welcome back to Get Fit Guy. Kevin Don here, and in this week, I want to take an overview of some of the common biases and fallacies around fitness. Because once we can be objective and understand why we think and feel the way we do, we can make more informed choices. It may not come as a surprise to regular listeners that I used to be on a debating team. One of the key factors in being successful in debating is the ability to recognize and argue against logical fallacies. A logical fallacy being a statement that appears true until one applies the rules of logic and reason. Logical fallacies abound in every walk of life, including health and wellness. Let's have a look at some common logical fallacies and how they crop up. First, we have the straw man fallacy. This is where, in a desperate attempt to defeat another person's argument, one creates an entirely new argument and instead argues that. Instead of addressing your point, they set up this brand new straw man position, which can often look remarkably similar, and often they do it just to make you look more extreme. And here's an example from my own life recently. I commented on a post by a well-known vegan organization. It was a really aggressive and derogatory post, obviously targeted towards meat eaters. My point to them was that front-on attacking someone else's ideas is not a great strategy. Instead of attacking those of us who do eat meat, they should focus on creating a compelling argument for not eating meat. But more than anything, they should recognize that in a society, there will always be people who do things differently from us. and That's okay. In response, one angry carrot chomper said, Right, we should just let people do what makes them happy, such as Jeffrey Dahmer and his cannibalism. This is a clear example of a straw man argument, because of course, I'm not advocating for us to make human burgers. This poster wanted to disorient me, make me say cannibalism's wrong and abhorrent, which of course it is, but then correlate that with people eating meat. My original point remains unaddressed. Next up, we have the bandwagon fallacy. You probably know the popular idiom of jumping on the bandwagon. It's pretty much one of the most common, if not the most common, logical fallacy, especially in the age of social media and the availability of information, both correct and incorrect. The bandwagon fallacy is when we see people buying into something because a significant proportion of the population does. Unfortunately, popularity is not a validation of an argument. It doesn't take into account whether or not the population making the argument is qualified to do so, or if there's evidence to the contrary. An example of this would be buying into an idea because your friends or colleagues do, your political party does, other people who play your sport, or because a video on YouTube has been viewed a million times. Next, we have the appeal to authority fallacy. This one is a little bit more tricky. Because citing an authority on a matter isn't in itself fallacious, but it does have the potential to lead us to dangerous territory. This is exactly why so many organizations pay celebrity endorsers and social media influencers. Because at a primal level, we are hardwired for survival. For humans, that means safety in numbers of being in a tribe. Tribes have chieftains and elders. Therefore, we see people gravitate towards the recommendations 
of the elders within the tribe which one follows. In fitness, we see this all the time. People doing something because they saw a world champion does it. You know, you got the Ronnie Coleman bicep program, the, the world's strongest man's, you know, bench press program, the workout that so-and-so did to get in shape to play Batman or, or Superman. Now, having an authority on, on, on a subject back your position can be a great addition to that argument. But if it's the sole pillar on which your argument rests, then I'm afraid it's completely meaningless. Next, we have the false dilemma. And here is where we see a spectrum of reality being reduced to only its most polarizing elements. The entirety of nuance along the spectrum is removed and replaced with a this or that dilemma. This is a dangerous fallacy because it lends credence to extreme views and it removes all notion of compromise or the fact that in life things just depend. Take, for example, episode 617, where I discussed high bar versus low bar squats. This is a very common false dilemma presented in strength training. We can see that there's actually a ton of nuance, and it must actually start with the question, not with the answer. The question being, well, for what purpose? Once you figure out the intention of your training, then you can figure out where you are on a spectrum of your needs. Make sure you aren't falling into the trap of believing you have to be at one end or the other of that spectrum. Next, post hoc ergo propter hoc. Now, excuse my Latin. This means after this and because of this, otherwise known as correlation and causation. Just because two or more things appear to be correlated does not mean that one did in fact cause the other. This can be very difficult to overcome in practice, despite being extremely easy to spot. And that's because people have confirmation bias. A good example of this would be last week's episode, episode 619, where a listener had emailed in about not being able to squat because their knees are 50. In this situation, correlation is not causation. But confirmation bias for them that their age was indeed the cause means that it's very unlikely that my episode changed this person's mind. Finally, in terms of fallacies, we have the Texas sharpshooter fallacy. This is closely related to confirmation bias and deeply intertwined with it. And here the image we have is of a Texan gunman firing a whole clip at a barn door. He then paints a target around the tightest grouping of bullet holes and uses this as evidence of his expert marksmanship. We see this when people start with an idea and then go on to cherry-pick data to prove their already predetermined conclusion. They ignore evidence that contradicts their intended result and they correlate data sets without any evidence for causation. Now, in 2018, a well-known fitness education company asked me to help them to find data to prove their point on a subject they wanted to address in one of their courses. This was already a dangerous position because they're looking for proof of a predetermined outcome. When I actually produced evidence to the contrary, they dismissed the evidence I had presented published their ideas anyway, and never spoke to me again. 
Now, I've mentioned confirmation bias a few times already in this episode, but what does it mean? Well, it is where, quite simply, we seek out and prefer information that supports our pre-existing beliefs. It's actually a cognitive error, or an error in how we see the world. Now, we all know that our eyes and ears are picking up millions of pieces of information, but our brain is subconsciously sorting this information out and only presenting us with the bits that it sees as critical to our continued survival. Think of your eyes seeing a shape in the shadows and that making you jump. That's because seeing a threat to our mortality is a very important survival mechanism. In modern society, we don't have the same threat level, but our brains are still screening and sorting information for us. This leads us to ignoring information that we haven't indicated as being important to us. These mental shortcuts are known as heuristics, and they help us with faster decision-making. We see them manifested as selective searching, selective interpretation, and, of course, selective recall. We're even more likely to have our decisions influenced by confirmation bias because of algorithms. Your search engines, your streaming platforms, and your social media all learn what your preferences are then they recommend you other pieces of data that you might find interesting. It only does this based upon what you've already shown it that you like or enjoy. So you're only ever seeing things related to your own bias. So how do we avoid confirmation bias? Well, first of all, don't freak out about it. Heuristics are part of who we are as organisms, and mental shortcuts will always be formed. We can mitigate this, by always researching thoroughly, making sure we seek out all sides of an argument, by making sure that we get our information from credible sources. They have to pass the CRAP test. And no, it's not what it sounds like. It's a useful acronym for finding information that was created by California State University in 2004 to help them analyze information. The C stands for currency. In other words, is this data up to date? R is for relevance. Is the information relevant to your search? Authority. Who published the research? And are they credible experts in their field? Accuracy. Is this data supported by evidence? And purpose. Why was this data collected and published? Now that's it for this week. I hope that I've helped show that we're all affected by bias and fallacious thinking but we can recognize and mitigate these biases, try to empower ourselves with the best, most relevant information. This will be incredibly helpful in fitness selection, but also in life as a whole. If you have a question for me that you'd like answered, please check out the Get Fit Guy Facebook page where you can leave me a comment or send me an email to getfitguy at quickanddirtytips.com. Get Fit Guy is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. Thanks to the team at Quick and Dirty Tips Adam Cecil, Morgan Christensen, Holly Hutchings, and Davina Tomlin. Our intern is Cameron Lacey. I'm your host, Kevin Don. If you have a question for me, leave me a voicemail at 510-353-3104 or send me an email at getfitguyatquickanddirtytips.com. For more information about the show, visit quickanddirtytips.com or check out the show notes in your podcast app.